Why aren't you resting? You see, at the time, uh, I was just kind of an intern here at Crossbridge, uh, just part-time and needed to help make the bills turn out green. And so I was working four days a week here and then three days a week at a place in in Garrett uh, called the Jam Center. And so I was working seven days a week. And I was completely exhausted trying to make bills meet and It was also a time in my life that was one of the most anxious, filled times. And so eventually Brent just just called me out. He said, why aren't you resting? Why are you working every single day? And of course, my mindset was, well, we've got to make the bills meet. And yet my soul that mysterious part of our lives that where the, where the spiritual kind of connects with the physical, mental, and emotional and lives on for eternity, okay, my health was declining. And so then he challenged me to start taking a Sabbath. And it comes from not just the life of God himself in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, but then also Exodus chapter 20. And I want to read and then just kind of break down what this means. If you turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, this is so powerful where we actually pick up this command from God. And also what I believe is one of the most important things we can do for our health. Uh, Exodus, second book in the Bible. And what had just happened was Moses and the Israelites had just escaped captivity from Pharaoh, slavery, for hundreds of years. And they go on into the wilderness and began to wander. And this is the famous Ten Commandments that God gives through Moses. Pick up with me in Exodus chapter 20. This is what Moses records God spoke. And God spoke all of these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Verse 7. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Then God goes on, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land your Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. 
You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, I just wanna thank you for this space. I pray, God, that we would not make any idols out of things of this world. That, Lord, we would learn to rest well for the sake of our souls and the health of our minds and our relationship with you, God, would flourish. I pray, God, that we would not covet anything, that we would keep the Sabbath day holy and that we would listen to the words you have for us today. Give me the words to say, God, use me as your microphone. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Verse eight, I wanna throw that back up there. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. For those who perhaps haven't grown up in church, the word Sabbath sounds like this uh, really weird traditional word, and that's because it is this really weird traditional word. Uh, It shows up much in the Old Testament, many times. And Sabbath in its simplest form means a day of rest. And all of God's parents said, amen. Amen. This is what we need, okay? A day of rest. Of rest in its very simplest forms. And it's so fascinating that out of the Ten Commandments, there's actually over 600 laws that we have in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, but then it's kind of summarized into Ten Commandments. Out of all of those laws and out of all of these commands, God separates this one from the other ten and says, this is the one, this is the day that is holy. Out of all the seven days of the week, the Sabbath, remember it by keeping it holy. And this wasn't just a command that we have from God. This was an action that we have from God as well. You see, God in Genesis 1 and 2, as he's creating the world and he is filling the oceans and creating the skies and and, and populating the earth with with different uh, animals and with people. And then what we have at the very end, God puts aside his paintbrush, and he rests. And he shows the world what it looks like to be holy. Keep the Sabbath holy. And just like I talked about last week when referencing solitude, a lot of us love the idea of being able to have a day of rest more than we are capable of having a day of rest. Then there's some of us who are just like, you know what? It's just in my personality to work seven days a week. You younger people, you just don't know how to work hard. If I had a dime for every time I was told that. And then the younger people, you older people, you just don't know how to rest well. I'm sure if you had a dime for every time you were told that. And yet we see God administer this not just as an action of himself, but then takes it so far as to prepare us in these 10 commandments. You got verse eight here. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. But the verses leading up to it are all about idolatry. And Moses kind of walks through just sharing what God is saying and speaking to the Israelites by saying, don't make any God an idol that is not the Lord your God. Don't make any day of the week an idol that is not the Lord your God. Don't covet. Don't commit adultery. 
Don't live in such a way where you're placing and prioritizing things other than the Lord your God. Sabbath means day of rest. And it wasn't just this command, friends, of just like, hey, yep, you could just kind of choose to do it or not. Taking a day of rest is of the utmost importance for our soul's health, spiritual health, mental health, physical health, and emotional health. We aren't just better Christ followers when we take a day of rest. We are Christ followers because we rest. We cannot be effective in the kingdom of God unless our soul is healthy. We're going to be talking about a little bit of what that looks like. And so Sabbath was a day of rest for the Israelites. Um, What it looks like for those who were Jewish, they would then... uh, start Friday at sundown until Saturday evening would be their 24-hour-ish period of rest. And a lot of times they would get all of their chores done the day before, and they would make all of the food the day before, so that way they didn't have to cook, they didn't have to clean, and they could spend time not working and just resting with God. The Israelites would also sometimes go to the synagogues, Okay, kind of their temples, their places of worship. They would sometimes spend time in worship, sometimes learning, sometimes listening, sometimes just sitting and being in community. That's what the Sabbath looked like for them. And then we have this passage in Leviticus chapter 25, 4, that God kind of takes us a step further. And he, he records this. He says, but in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest. A Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. And so the Israelites would work the land for six years, and then God commanded them to allow the seventh year to rest, allowing the soil to rest, allowing um, uh, for the product to rest, and then even just the workers and the people to have a full year of rest. And they took it that far. Because God didn't want idols to be made. Here's why this, is, this command is so radical, friends. And, and I don't want you to miss the history of this. When God is giving this command in Exodus chapter 20, not long before this, the Israelites were in slavery, working seven, perhaps 14 to 16 hour days a week without any rest, building and slaving and working and worshiping the Lord of Pharaoh. And so then God, as he frees these slaves, he gives them the most radical command, don't work seven days a week. Keep the seventh day holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. It's so revolutionary to what they were used to. And in those first seven verses, he's talking about idolatry. He's talking about how so many of us idolize work or idolize our personalities or idolize our situations. But then Jesus takes it a step further. You see, this isn't just this Old Testament command. You see, Jesus' words of Sabbath are so radical that they blow the Pharisees away. If you want to turn with me to Mark chapter 2, we're going to see Jesus kind of address the Sabbath twice, back-to-back stories And this is what Jesus says. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 is where we're going to pick up. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisee said to him, look, 
Why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Verse 27, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. I love verse uh, 27. Dave, actually, if we can go back to, to the second to last verse. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This is such an important understanding of rest that we have to recognize. You may physically, emotionally, mentally, and even perhaps, now I won't say spiritually, physically, mentally, and emotionally be capable of working seven days a week. That just may be how you are wired, how you were raised, your personality. And yet, the understanding that we were not made to rule over the week. We were not made to work seven days a week. We were not commanded to live that way. In fact, it is a sin. And that is such a harsh statement that I'm willing to make. When we idolize the seventh day that way. Because the Sabbath was made for us. Not us to rule over, to work over, to live over, to lord over the Sabbath. And when we abuse that command, as we saw in Exodus, and what we're going to talk about a little bit later, it leads us into distractions, to disruptions, to idolatry, to even disruptions that distract us and tempt us into greater sins of adultery, lust, coveting, murder. You might think I'm being like this far-fetched pastor. You're like, oh, because I didn't take a day of rest, it's going to lead me to murder someone? I didn't say it. God in Exodus is just showing what happens when we idolize and when we fall into disruptions and fall into distractions is that it tempts us into these greater sins. Because that's what idolatry does. Idolatry starts small. Lust starts small. Turns into pornography. Turns into adultery. Turns into coveting turns into abuse, and so on and so forth, because our souls are not healthy. Mark chapter 3, this is what Jesus says next in another situation. Another time, verse 1, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man... With a shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. 
Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Once again, this is where the Pharisees got it wrong. They held such a fundamentalist view of the Sabbath that when somebody's needs needed to be met or cured or helped, they used that as an excuse not to heal and help people. And so here's kind of where the mix-up comes. Because I've heard pastors and I've heard Christians say, the Sabbath is just a day of doing nothing. And friends, that's just not true. The Sabbath is a day of doing something, and it's this. A Sabbath is a day of recharging our battery, refocusing on God, and reorganizing our priorities. Okay, and we're going to break down what that looks like one by one, recharging our battery. The day of rest needs to be filled with things that fill you up, okay? Fill your soul, okay? For me, my day of rest has evolved into just becoming a day of, um, I love to exercise, I love to read, I love to write, I love to spend time with family, I love to eat junk food. I, I, I recharge my battery in isolation and in solitude. As an introvert, I need time away from people. And so Marissa allows me that space to be able to introvert it up. And those are things that fill my battery. It's not just sitting in a chair for 24 hours, not doing absolutely anything. And there's been times when my, when my day of rest, my sabbatude, my sabbatude, <laughs> my Sabbath and solitude, my sabbatude, that's a fun word. <laughs> None of y'all better go copyright that. I am... Michael, get the patent working. Michael's looking at me like, you're such an idiot, Jordan. Okay, my sabbatude, okay? That's gonna become a thing. I'm so proud of myself. Michael's not going back there like this. He's so proud of me too, I can tell. Okay, it's a day of solitude and Sabbath for me, our sabbatude. And so it's a day of being intentional of recharging my battery. Um, I'll do the other two things and then I'll, I'll, I'll point out the obvious, okay? Secondly, it's about refocusing on God. Work and chaos and the disruptions often pull our attention to other things. And so what does God say? God says that the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We are made to intentionally force ourselves to rest so that we don't idolize work, so that we don't idolize wealth, so that we don't fall into idolatry of, of lust and of distractions and of disruptions. And so by taking a day and saying, God, this day is yours. This is your day of rest to work in me and to grow me and to stretch me. It refocuses our attention back to God. And then the third part, reorganizing our priorities, okay? It's a day to step back and see where did I perhaps fall short this last week? What did my time alone with God look like? What did my prayer life look like? What did my listening look like? If you're a parent, okay, where did I fall short as a parent this last week? Where was I not patient enough? If you are single, and perhaps walking and navigating uh, loneliness and mental health, where was I, rather than stretching myself to step into community, where perhaps did I fall short and just isolate myself in an unhealthy way? 
okay? And so reorganizing our priorities back to God, saying, God, this is my day with you. I am making it holy with you. Help me recharge, help me refocus, and help me reorganize. Here's the obvious, friends. Especially for people who have kids, this sounds impossible. And in some instances, it is. Let's just, let's just relate on a personal level, okay? As a parent with just one kid, I get this wrong so often. Something my wife and I have done, her Sabbath is on Saturday, my Sabbath is on Monday. And so that way we are able, she takes most, she mostly takes care of your eye on Monday, and then I mostly take care of your eye on Saturday. Here's the thing though, just like I said, we'll come back to it. Sometimes our Sabbath gets disrupted because of people's needs. We try not to make that a priority, but if someone needs help, just as Jesus shows the Pharisees, we're always going to help them. If someone is hurting, we're always going to help the hurting people. Okay? It's also difficult, especially with parents or if your job is taxing. Um, who struggles, for those of you who work, who struggles to shut your mind off when you go home? <laughs> Most of us, okay? Who's constantly thinking about the emails they need to send the next day? Or the text messages? Or the clients? Or the grocery shopping that needs to happen? Or the kids' rooms that need cleaned? Or the, you fill in the blank. For any of my students, who's thinking about their schoolwork? Yes, 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 okay? That's why it's important for us to work towards this, okay? I know very few people in my life who Sabbath and rest well. Who Sabbath and rest well. But those who do, their souls are so much better for it. Uh, idea number two I want to share. The Sabbath is holy because it requires us to fully rely on the one who is holy. This is so important for us to understand. Why does Jesus, why does God say the Sabbath is holy? Remember the Sabbath because it is holy? Because it requires us to trust God with the things perhaps we need to get done on day number seven or could get done on day number seven or should get done on day number seven by stepping back. Now, this is not permission not to do your homework that's due on day number seven. It's, this might be as bad of an excuse if my dog ate my homework. Teacher, God just didn't do my homework for me on day number seven. I don't know what to tell you. We have our youth pastor, Nick, he, he says all the time to our, our middle school boys who ask uh, to, uh, for God to help them pass their tests that they didn't study for. And so Nick's response, and I love this, he says, I will pray that God gives you the grade that you studied for. They usually don't like that answer. But it's the same thing with our situation, okay? Because it requires us to intentionally make this day holy by saying, you know what, God? I could get overtime and work, and that may help with the bills. I could work a little bit harder and get the house cleaned up, and that would help with some of my anxiety. I could go and uh, X, Y, and Z, fill in the blank. But God, I'm intentionally choosing not to 
as a command for my soul. And then ver- uh, idea number three, this is probably the most important thing I want. If you only hear one thing from this whole sermon, I want you to hear this. The fruit of the Spirit is cultivated in the rest of the Sabbath. For those who aren't familiar with the fruit of the Spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit, who is God, the person of God on earth, and lives inside of us and around us as we accept Christ as our Savior, then plants the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. And everyone knows that people who are cranky and without rest don't live out the fruit of the Spirit very well. It is a lot harder to love people well, be joyful, be at peace, be patient. Parents say amen. (laughs) Kind, good, gentle, faithful, and filled with self-control when we are burnt out and weary. And so one of the most important things that the Sabbath does is it cultivates through rest, the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. In a sense, it almost provides the soil that kind of, or the soil is provided through the Holy Spirit. It prevents the watering in the soil of the fruit of the Spirit inside of us to be more loving, to be more joyful, to be more at peace, to be more patient and filled with self-control and be at peace when we rest. Now, here's some of the obvious things that, you know, I made a lot of absolutes today and I I just want you to hear my heart, okay? I know that there are seasons of life where we're living paycheck to paycheck, where life is chaotic, perhaps we're a single parent or perhaps we are single and the concept and idea, like you gotta make bills meet, okay? My challenge for you is that those are seasons and not the norm. I also would challenge you to look at your budget. How are you spending? How are you saving? How are you sacrificing? How are you serving? Okay? In all of this, make those seasons not the norm. Because God wants us to work towards sanctification. This fancy Christian word that becomes, that means just becoming more like Jesus. And so if your parents with kids, the concept of taking a full day off And trying to rest with your kids sounds impossible. But what can you do to make that even closer to a reality? Okay, if you are a project manager and you've got 25 projects that you're in charge of and you've got all of these emails constantly in your mind, what does it look like to try to shut your mind off, to take a step back? If you are somebody with mental illness and you are struggling with anxiety and stress and depression, what does it look like for you to still carve out a day rather than feeding your anxiety with technology and perhaps things that are unhealthy, recharging your battery by doing things that are holy? It's not just like, okay, Jordan said to take a Sabbath, and then this week, you know what, we're just going to completely, radically change our schedule to be able to do. Some of you may be able to do that. But just like we talked about with solitude last week, more of us are going to work towards that, become sanctified towards that, by taking it one step at a time. Say, okay, you know what, we've got two hours this Friday night. 
Okay, I would love for everybody to be able to take a 25-day period. But we're just going to make a goal of two hours to shut things off. Or I'm not going to take overtime this week. I'm taking steps towards the process of sanctification. Becoming more like Jesus, resting well, and keeping the Sabbath holy. I want to end with this passage. It comes from Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 and 14. This is what the prophet Isaiah writes. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, again, it's not about us, okay? It's about doing things that recharge, reorganize, reprioritize on God. If you call the Sabbath day a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way, that's so important. It's so important that we recognize that it's about not going our own way. Why? Because when we go our way, we idolize things. We become disrupted and distracted. And not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. God is speaking to the Israelites and he says, the Lord, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Such an important command for us to learn to rest well, to force ourselves to step back and say, God, I'm trusting you with this. Um, I, for my Sabbath, what I have started to do is much like the Israelite tradition is where from Sunday night at eight o'clock until Monday night at eight o'clock, that's my 24 hour period where I don't check any emails. I don't respond to any Facebook messages, um, work related or text messages, work related. Okay. I often go to the gym. I often recharge my battery by reading, writing, journaling, sometimes creating things that get my creative energy going, bring me closer to God. I spend a lot of time with family. I rest. I sometimes take a nap, okay? And then Saturday, that's Marissa. From Friday night at 8 o'clock until Saturday night at 8 o'clock, that's Marissa's. And we don't always get it right. Actually, more times than not, we get it wrong. But then we don't, just because we worked hard this one day, or we fail the Sabbath for part of the day, we say, you know what? No, we're going to rest intentionally this next day. So that's my challenge for you, for the health of our soul, for our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, and our spiritual health. Challenge yourself to take a day of rest. Why? Because God has created this day for us to reconnect, reorganize, and reprioritize back to God. Will you pray with me? Hey, God, thank you so much for this challenge. Thank you for the Sabbath, God, that we don't have to work seven days a week. Just like the Israelites were forced to for uh, hundreds of years to work seven days a week, 14-hour days in slavery. And the concept of rest just wasn't, a, wasn't even allowed. God, we, I know this is so much more complicated than, than just saying, do this that there is busyness and chaotic events and our kids are in sports and our kids are in school or perhaps we have to make the bills meet and the ends meet and our budget is tight or the idea of being alone for a day or in Sabbath for a day just is discouraging. And maybe we're yes people and we just love to say yes to everything and this idea of forcing ourselves to say, no, God, just doesn't seem realistic. I pray for anyone feeling that way, God, that you would soften their hearts, 
soften their minds, quiet their minds, and God, just give them the peace and the wisdom on how to rest in you. In your name we pray, amen.